Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome into the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host this week, Jim Root, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Matt Cox and Kai McEwen. Every Wednesday, we're going to be coming to your airwaves, dropping a new BBOC episode, talking all things betting in the world of college hoops. We'll look at it from different angles, some blowouts, some money line upsets, some power games, some mid-major games, and of course, bringing it back from last year, the Trash Man Pick of the week, fellas. We ready to rock? Should we just jump right into it? Take your trash out, folks. That's right. Jump into trash day. Stoked. Here we are. Let's do it. All right. Let's start off with the same section we kicked off with last year. It is a fun one. This is the live dog of the week. Uh, Where's my dog? Uh huh. Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Uh huh. Fellas, we're looking at Wednesday, Thursday, maybe venturing into Friday, Saturday games for now while uh, the rest of BBOC is focused on college football. But we're trying to find some Moneyline underdogs that have value for the people. I'm going to start with a couple, and then Kyle, kick it to you to see what you like best. Mm -hmm. On Wednesday, we've got Northern Kentucky, home dog to Cincinnati. This is a very close rivalry game. Northern Kentucky plays a tricky zone. Also looking at potentially Army plus six at Siena. And one I really like that could give us some nice value Delaware State plus 12 at Columbia. Columbia might stink. Delaware State mm-hmm. was feisty at Villanova. I like their coach, Stan Waterman. What are you looking at, Kai? Any of those or, or any other games? Yeah, good point on Delaware State. They were named as the sleeper team in the MIAC, in the Almanac, a, a comprehensive yes. preview magazine written by, well, partially, the three-man weave. Uh, MIAC coaches voted Delaware State sleeper team. They certainly looked the part against Villanova. Jim, I... I I'm intrigued by the pick. It might be a little bit too uh, uh, high for for my taste, Matthew. But I do like uh, uh, Army at at Siena. Army did lose to Stonehill, obviously. But man, this is a tough team. They're well coached by Jimmy Allen. I think they could pull the upset here against Cincinnati. I'm also looking at one on Thursday, Jim. I'm looking at Air Force hosting Portland. Wow, Kai, you're so pro troops already. I love it. I'm. I'm. That's right. I'm going a twofer (laughs) on the troops here. Tough place to win Air Force, Matt. And it's also a tough offense to prepare for. Uh, uh, Scott's Princeton offense is a tough one to scheme for if you're Portland, especially coming over from Kent State. So I like Air Force. And I like Army in my live dogs of the week. Jim, I almost took your Northern Kentucky one from the consideration set here. You mentioned, I think, offline how good home dogs have been this season. Um, home advantage has been pretty strong, and thus home dogs within that subset have been really good. I don't know if the line's going to end up being seven. It's probably a little bit lower. So I don't know if you're going to get great money line value there. I love Delaware State, though. I think the line's going to come in around nine. 
get a really good price there. And Columbia is just a hard fade. So like Delhi State, that was an official ad for me. I also added my own to the equation. Missouri State headed out to the mountains, going to fade BYU, a team that I think is in a little bit of a soul-searching phase right now without a real ball score creator at the point of attack. Rudy Williams has been really, um, really not great since he's come over this offseason. So I'm looking to fade the Storm and Mormons as they kind of find themselves early in the year. That's very sad, Matt. We're usually high on Mark Pope. I know. Uh, I want to echo your point about home teams, home dogs. Home teams total right now per covers, 190 and 172 against the spread. That's 52.5%. Mm. Uh, you're close to to break even just blind betting them right there. Home dogs, though, 32 and 25, 56%. That's fun, blind backing and making a profit. Probably not going to stick. Things will, will even out, will regulate, but there's clearly... Uh, an increase in a in a notable, meaningful home edge for these teams so home far. Home court revenge, baby. It's coming That's back. Right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Delaware State as well. I'm joining you there. I will be locking that one in. I will bet that one against the spread. I just think that team is way more competent than they're getting credit for right now. Another one I like on Thursday, Bryant, plus 10 at Florida Atlantic. I think Bryant's a little undervalued because of how transfer heavy they are. I think the market struggles to diagnose those teams. And FAU just won at Florida. There could be a little bit of an emotional letdown there, playing a team as, as a favorite right after beating Big Brother. I think there's at least value in getting a, an up and down potential game with the way Bryant plays. Like Bryant, Jim, with you on that one. Not officially, but I'm I'm in your corner of the lean. <laughs> you're you're patting me on the back and saying, good luck, like, son. I think you got the right one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joining you there. It's the right idea. All right, we'll, we will recap every pick we have. Recap. We'll recap every pick we have at the end of the episode. So if you missed those, don't worry. They'll be all the way at the end. But we're going to move next into Blowout City. This is where we're looking for big favorites against poor competition, but specifically ones where we think the the favorite is going to far outclass the underdog. Hence, Blowout City. Fire in the hole! Kai, I'm going to start with my favorite one of this week. That would be UAB on Wednesday, hosting Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Presbyterian, the Blue Hose, have been missing Winston Hill, a key forward for them. This team is kind of lacking in talent. And if UAB can speed them up with their pressure the way they normally are able to, I think the talent level can just completely overwhelm Presbyterian. UAB is a little angry off the loss to Toledo that they had on a neutral floor. So I, I like the Blazers quite a bit. Do you, do you enjoy that one, or is there another one that you're eyeing up? No, I do like that one, Jim. And it, it's worth noting, Presbyterian had one of its best years ever last year as a program. I thought it would sort of continue this season. They're sort of a scrappy, down-and-dirty team. But there's precedence for them getting blown out here. Last year, they lost to Cincy by 34 They lost to Tennessee by 38. UAB can absolutely win by 30, 40 in this game, especially with how fast they play, Matt. And Jim's right. The talent discrepancy, not even close. I I do like Jim's pick here with UAB. Yeah, you could be like, well, Presbyterian can control the tempo. But it's like, no, UAB is like like the quicksand of tempo. Like they, They dictate how the game is played. You saw against Toledo. I mean, they lost that game, but... They played 86 possessions. They played 83 possessions of their, their opener. I mean, it's just a complete pinball-type pace. So I feel bad for the Blue Hose. I do. I, I think it's going to be a complete route. Matt, do you prefer that one? Or on Thursday, LIU heads to Marquette. I actually this, like this one better, yeah. This one's more about LIU and how kind of disastrous that program is. I, I think some of the upheaval at Manhattan and Hartford has distracted from the fact that LIU turned over their coach really late in the process 
somewhat confusingly, Derek Kellogg had run like coaching camps on campus there. Then they fired him and brought in Rod Strickland. The front court is really lacking. So Matt, why do you like this one a little more? I just know that Marquette is deeper and they're not going to take their foot off the gas. Kind of like the UAB thing. They play so fast that the number, you have way more possessions to get you over the hump. Um, I'm looking at that Central Michigan game. Marquette won 97-73. They won the second half by seven, I believe. Like They just continue to put spurts on you with their depth. And Shaka is like the energizer bunny of motivation, right? Like there's no, it's just such a low risk of like a mid second half letdown or low. So I think Marquette hammers LIU a team that's, a hard, hard fade right now for me. Yeah, the one risky part is that we we know Shaka has pretty decided, distinct splits between how he is as an underdog when yeah. he is, like you said, the master motivator, and as a favorite when you know it's hard to get college kids like you're minus nineteen, you got to go out there and pound <laughs> LIU. It's a little bit more difficult, uh, but I'm with Matt. The the pace of the game and the fact that I think LIU is potentially bottom two or three team in the country when all is said and done leave some some value on the line there as well. Jim, he's going to have the boys jacked up to put a thumping on LIU. And I might add that's two days after they, they play Purdue uh, Tuesday night, the night we're recording this. So um, hopefully they get stopped in that game and they come out a little angry for you. A little angry for you on Thursday. There you go. Do you like first half or full game better there, Matt? Mm, full game. I feel okay. like first halves are what I want to endorse, but then when I bet them myself, they lose. So <laughs> I don't, don't really know what to do with that. Tis, tis the situation, Matthew. Fair enough. <laughs> Kai, any other ads? Matt, any other ads? Kyle, start with you. Anything else you're eyeing up? No, no ads. Uh, I, I do. I am hesitant about Marquette as a 20-point plus favorite, even against LIU. It's just not a warm and fuzzy feeling for Shaka. Last year, they had trouble getting away from inferior competition. But Jim, if LIU is as bad as you say, okay, sure, I buy it. Yep, and I will mention Marquette did beat Central Michigan by 30-plus. They got up 20-plus on Radford, so Marquette is capable of, of that blowout. They just got to keep the foot on the pedal, and if they do lose to Purdue, I think they probably will. Matt, what else do you have for us? A uh, quick weekend peek ahead. Alabama's going to murder Jacksonville State when they come to town. Uh, a little in-state Boy. quasi-rivalry. I think Jacksonville State's bad this season. They've had some I, talent prop them oof. up. I think Bama rolls. Rolls, rolls, rolls. I kind of disagree here. I think Ray Harper's an excellent coach. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Mm. Okay. I, have, I have currently have beef with Jacksonville State for a really sloppy effort at local team effort. UIC on Monday night. That was a really disappointing loss for me. But they did shoot the ball terribly, uh, four for 20 from deep. That's not really what we've come to expect from them. They were one of the best shooting teams in the country last year. Mm. Uh, top 10 in, or top 15 in three-point percentage. Obviously, a lot of roster turnover, but um, yeah, Alabama is like Marquette, where you know you're going to get the pace for a blowout. That's that's one of the benefits you have there. All right, we'll move on, guys. We'll start talking power games of the week, but before we do, we're going to get a little message from our sponsor, from our dear pal, Stucky. As a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 
DC, Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, it is now time for Power Game of the Week. That's right. We're going to we're going to play with the big boys now. Oh, feel the power. Oh. I can feel it. The the marquee matchups Thursday, Friday, and we'll again sprinkle in a little Friday and Saturday uh because again the the other the Friday episode was a little more college football focused at this point. Let's start with Wednesday though. Kai, I'm going to come to you first here. Gonzaga added to Texas. This is a rematch of a game that was played in Spokane last year. It's the first real test for semi uh, a new look Texas Longhorns team with Tyrese Hunter added to the mix. The one thing I must point out, last year, Texas had no answer for Drew Timmy. And granted, Dylan Disu didn't play, but Timmy was he went for 37 points, seven boards, three assists on 15 for 18 shooting inside the arc, just completely dominated. How much difference does Disu make? And do you think Texas who's favored by three on the Ken Palm line uh, is really the, uh, the team to be looking at here. Uh, I, I don't, I like Gonzaga here. Uh, I think people are getting a little bit too carried away with Gonzaga is not very good this season. Um, this is still the top three team in the country. In my eyes, the aircraft carrier game against Michigan state, Matt, I almost think you throw that result out. There's a lot of weird stuff. Gonzaga probably could have won by double digits with the shots they were getting. I think Timmy's going to destroy Texas. Uh, even though they have a fantastic defense, number one in the country right now. But you look at what UTEP, t- UTEP did to hang with this team. They kind of dominated the offensive glass, and Houston Christian didn't even do that poorly on the glass. Gonzaga's a pretty good rebounding team. Texas is a little bit softer in the middle than I think people realize against a talented, talented, talented squad in Gonzaga. So I lean towards Gonzaga if they're a dog in this game. I like Texas. Hook them. Um, I just Mine think Chris Beard's, now, Kempon, by the way, Matt, let me just, I, I know I'm curious if this line actually opens, but if it's within two or three, let's just assume it is. I, I think I'll probably take Texas here. I just think their first shot defense, Kai, you mentioned the rebounding concerns are, are potentially catastrophic, but I, I know their transition D is awesome. They're not going to like Gonzaga, like easy run outs. They're going to make Gonzaga at least operate in the half court akin to what Michigan state did to some degree. And I trust the guards a little more than I have in years past. It's like kind of like a new breath of fresh air when you bring in, Tyrese Hunter and Jabari Rice. Marcus Carr's still there, but he's like the one guy I liked of Texas backcourt last season. So they've kind of like defected with the the dead way and they've kind of refurbished the perimeter corpse there. And I like that. It's a good thing for Texas. You think you're gonna score on Zaga? Gonzaga's yeah, a pretty good defense, man. It's it's solid. It's not great. Solid. Scoreable. It's not great. It's scoreable. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Kai wholeheartedly here. <laughs> if we're getting if we're getting Gonzaga getting points here, I'm I'm all about it. They were up twenty at the half on Texas last year. Just completely yeah. owned yeah, them. They did. They they wrote. <laughs> Disu is a nice in, interior defender, but he's not like a one on one post stonewall. You, I don't think he has a prayer against Timmy's footwork. They're gonna have to collapse down, and then hopefully the Zag shooters can knock down the shots they get. Really struggled with the wind on the carrier. Like Kai said, I'm not taking a whole lot from that effort. Uh, from that result. Um, yeah, I, I'm very pro Gonzaga here, Matthew. 
You got to you got to defend how Texas is going to stop Timmy. Why is this different from last year? It's partly D-Sub looking awesome. I'm with you. He's not like an awesome rim pro- or post defender. I think Timmy can score one-on-one against him, but Beard's going to have good schemes in his back pocket. Doubles, well-timed kind of stunts, recovers. There's going to be hyper-engaged, always hedging off to the to the ball when Timmy touches it. I just don't like Gonzaga's supporting cast as much as I have in years past. It's that plain and simple for me. Interesting. Guys, yeah, ball pressure is going to be huge. Deny easy entry passes. Yep, you got yeah, you got to get havoc there. I don't think Gonzaga's been a dog since the 2019-20 season. It's That's been, insane. I'm looking back now. Literally, it's been three years since they've been an underdog. Yeah, they and were favored in the Kentucky. national title game against Kentucky Baylor. So, yeah. I'm, I'm taking Gonzaga as a dog. It's unprecedented in the last three years. I'm with you. I I, I would bet, Matt, do you really think this line will be it's Texas be minus two I or three? I bet it's one or two. I bet Texas is a slight favorite. Slight, slight. You don't think so? I bet Gonzaga's. I bet okay. if, if it opens Texas favorite, I bet this game closes Gonzaga favorite. Okay. I bet it stays within two either direction. I would be shocked if it got outside either either uh, note of that. Bart Torbic yeah, has this fair. minus one Gonzaga. So I it'll fall between four and one. It'll yeah. be like one to pick yep so be patient try to find the best line there if you're you know gauge where it opens and where you think it'll move to and and strike accordingly all right let's get another one here from the gavit games on wednesday night iowa headed to seton hall matt maybe the biggest like one-sided like an unreal offensive team taking on a ridiculous defensive team Iowa's offense the first two games over 200 points combined they scored (laughs) 1.2 and 1.38 points per possession on the other hand, Seton Hall's defense versus two in-state challengers held both under 0.7 points per possession. So just dominant performances by both. Both teams are 2-0 against the number, unsurprisingly. What do you think gives in this matchup of strength on strength? So Iowa ran Bethune-Cookman and NCA&T out of the gym. And like I know to the normal person, those sound like cupcakes, but those are like relatively talented and athletic teams for mid-majors, and they made them look like complete JV nothing rosters. Now, Seton Hall is a complete multiple steps up, no question. But I think I was going to score on Seton Hall. I know Seton Hall's got a litany of good defenders that are long, they're athletic. They're not all the way healthy up front yet. And Iowa's offense, I mean, like 112 to 71, like why even make a number on the game? It's like, okay, Iowa by 100, (laughs) who cares? Um, I need to see someone give Iowa some resistance. It rocks. (laughs) It sounds like the most fun of all time. So I don't know why you'd want to bet against Iowa. Just bet Iowa until they lose. And then you can kind of reassess, recalibrate, but... It's sort of the opposite side of the fade Louisville coin. It's just a team that's so hot, so well-connected. Don't get in the way of that steam. Ride this team. Yeah, I'm, this a, team. I'm a full believer in Iowa. And I think their offense is top five good in the country. I think Seton Hall's defense is elite for sure. But St. Peter's and Monmouth, those teams might be terrible this season. And I'm like with a capital T, arguably worse than Bethune and NCA and T. Yep, agree. Seton Hall, Iowa's defense, man, while not great, I don't think it's terrible. And I think it might give Seton Hall some resistance for a team that I don't think can score the basketball very well. They still didn't look that great offensively from a points per possession standpoint against those two inferior opponents. So I like Iowa here, especially if you're going to give me them as a pick or, or a plus one uh, dog, Jim. Yeah, this is where we we reach an agreement. We're all on the same side here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that Monmouth game for Seton Hall and they actually gave up a lot of open threes. Monmouth is just fully incompetent and had no prayer of hitting them. Iowa will knock those down. They have better ball movement. They have better shooters. Um, and I, I think that's more sustainable. Alexis Yetna probably still out for Seton Hall as well. A key front court piece. Big in on the Hawkeyes this year. Super, super talented. I think we all agree there. All right, we'll do a quick doubleheader look ahead to Friday. 
Why let football have all the fun? Let's bet Friday Night Lights. The Roman main event out in Las Vegas. Really fantastic field here. Baylor is a minus one favorite per Ken Palm against Virginia. Then UCLA minus four taken on Illinois. Kai, I'll let you pick and choose here. Which matchup intrigues you more from a betting perspective? Like which number stands out to you? Uh, Baylor. We're not going to get minus one, Jim. But uh, can you imagine? What if they hung it? One. Open pray we they could won't. get it. <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I actually want to look at Torvik just real quick. But I, yeah, I think Baylor's a much better team. They have them by three. Virginia. We might get three or two. It's going to get hammered. I bet it closes around five or six. Um, I, I would lean towards Baylor there. I kind of like Illinois against UCLA. And these are two teams I really like a lot this season, both teams. But Illinois is a dog mad. They're pressing again under Underwood. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. They have a very fun squad. Uh, eager to back the Illini as well. Yeah, Baylor, Illinois, I like a lot in both, Jim. Um, I'm just projecting the Baylor line comes out closer to four, even five, even six. Kai, you're right. Maybe people bet it up that much. It'll close, um, yeah, definitely. Illinois, UCLA, UCLA probably a short, short favorite. Um, I like Illinois there too. Illini have it going right now. I know they've played two terrible teams, but I think they're good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So I'm I'm fully in agreement on Baylor. That minus one would be like a bet of the century kind of thing for me. That'd be absurd. I mean, they have the shooting to go over the top of the pack line. Their defense is vicious. Virginia doesn't have a lot of offensive firepower. I'm against you guys in the other one, though. Uh UCLA. I would I would lean their way. Tiger Campbell is maybe the best point guard in the country in terms of pressure, yeah. like facing pressure. I'd be okay with him going against an Illini press. And like you both kind of alluded to, this Illinois version while intriguing is not battle tested yet um ucla Hawkes and campbell have been through some wars together yep um, so I, i'm leaning towards ucla there especially if it's short favorite if we get it down closer to like one or two i'd be i'd be back in the bruins but if it's four where ken palm has it then i'd probably be sitting on my hands and letting you guys ride your illini all right we'll move on to our next segment that would be mid-major game of the week Similar to the Power Game of the Week, only we're featuring some of our darlings in the mid-major world. Starting on Wednesday, we're we're missing a couple. uh, We're not going to have a couple uh, of elite matchups here, but these are pretty solid. Ohio is headed to Detroit Mercy, and you you, you all should know, Detroit has potentially the all-time leading scorer in NCAA history in Antoine Davis. He is chasing Pistol Pete Maravich this season. They just played BC close on the road, which turns out might not be that difficult unfortunately <laughs> sorry eagles throwing some shade uh, but ohio should have beat belmont matt what are you looking at between these two teams 
I like the Titans fighting Mike Davis's and uh, baby did the Davis family uh, and known associates. Also fun fact, Antoine Davis sharing all of his NIL proceeds with his teammates. So, you know, that's a great chemistry, high energy locker room. I think the Titans are good. Um, Should have had VC kind of let it slip away. They, they made that late charge and just didn't execute on the stretch. Ohio's good, but a little bit of fool's gold early. I take the Titans. Um, yeah, should be close to a pick. I think we'd assume. So yeah, I take the Titans this one. I think towards Detroit too. I, in fact, I, I would back Detroit. Um, I think the over is going to hit. Uh, Detroit's defense is highly suspect. I mean, even against yeah. Rochester, their non-D1 team, they allowed almost a point per possession. And Ohio just dismantled Cleveland State on the offensive end. Ohio, for their, their sake, not the best defensive team either. And Detroit can shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, very talented team uh, with Antoine Davis, but also with other guys they brought in. So I lean towards Detroit here, Jim. I, I will take them officially for the show, by the way. There we go. Okay. Yes. I lean Ohio a little bit. I'm so impressed with the way Bowles has retooled that team. Mm-hmm. Losing Mark Sears to the portal, losing a couple key front court pieces, Vanderplas to the portal too. Jason Carter graduated. That team has turned around and, and looks pretty competent again already, despite that close loss to Belmont. Um, so I, I'm afraid to back Detroit Mercy. Although we mentioned the Almanac earlier, thought that publication had the most up-to-date rosters possible. Detroit found Clemson transfer A.J. Oliver and Old yeah. Dominion transfer A.J. Oliver somewhere in between uh, publishing time and when the season started. So that adds an extra element of talent there. Mm-hmm. Bad luck for me, Jim, as the yeah. Detroit writer. Of that Not video. your fault. That Mike Davis is just, he's high, he, he Trojan horsed him into the season. Right. No, no one knew he was going to be there. <laughs> uh, all right, Thursday, Towson at UNC Greensboro. Very impressed by the Towson Tigers so far this year. We were all back in UMass when the Tigers punked them Lose. in Massachusetts. <laughs> UNC Greensboro, a very solid team out of the SOCON. They'll slow you down, make it a defensive grind. Kai, what do you got here? I like Towson as a dog. Uh, I respect Mike Jones. I respect UNC Greensboro. I respect the way they can muck games up, but I'm not really scared of this team. I'm not afraid of them scoring points on Towson, who has a pretty good defense. Um, and, and Towson's the real deal, in my opinion. They, they struggle with Albany. Uh, they let Penn back in the game, but they're kind of in control for that one most of the game. But the Massachusetts win, the UMass win, man, just impressive. It's a cohesive team. They lack a little point guard play, Matt. They're missing Terry Nolan, clearly. But the other four guys that are back are are legit. Um, I, I definitely lean their way as a dog. I'm the other way. I like the uh, the Spartans here. I think the Towson gravy train comes to an end. Um, they've played... They're one three and two awesome. spread Towson. There's no gravy train, by the way. That's true. Yeah, I guess Penn did come back on them, but they had Penn. They controlled. They, they led up in the second half in the Albany and the Penn games. And Mass UMass did make kind of a run, but they controlled that game. Uh, I, I just think the Towson thing is starting. It will start to slowly unravel. Slowly, just very subtly unravel throughout the year. So I'm looking to fade them here. Towson should be two and one, right? I don't think Penn got inside the number, unfortunately. I Penn cover. What was that? What, As a Penn backer, one. I can assure you, I did not win my wager. So it depends on where it closed. Oh, um, you're right. I, I think they did. They did end up covering. You're right. Yeah. Albany so kind it, of yeah, backdoored them this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been very impressed with Towson. I, I thought that they would miss Nolan a little more than they have, but Holden's been great making plays in the backcourt. Nigel Russell, the the transfer that they brought in, has given them. A little extra backcourt pop too, so I'll I'll ride with Towson as an underdog. I'm with Kai. I like I like the idea of I'm not afraid of getting waterfalled or buried under by some great UNC Greensboro yeah. offensive effort. Uh, Towson will at the very least be in it late. Okay, that's it for mid major game of the week, guys. You know what it's time for, don't you? 
Trash man pick of the week. Trash man pick of the week. The trash man pick of the week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. That it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. All right, we don't have a recap because we don't uh, have a prior episode this season. We do need to mention the Tuesday night battle between Chicago State and IUPUI that happened <laughs> only a, a few short miles away from our residences down in South Side of Chicago. Ugly game, under, unsurprisingly, but the Chicago State Cougars with a, a home cover. Matt, Convincing. You, you wrote Statement. about IUPUI for the Almanac this preseason. Are they any better than last year? Uh, y- yes, but not a lot better. Um, they're better only because they have more than five and a half players. The, the talent has not really been upgraded. Just a bunch of young fringe freshmen who probably aren't due on players and whatever cast off Juco guys. And it's just like, all right, here's 11 guys go out there and lose by 50. So that's what the Jags are doing this season. Kai, I'm annoyed by that game because it was on flow sports. Apparently Chicago state has hitched their wagon to flow hoops (laughs) as an independent. And I'm, I'm very bitter about it. Uh, Yeah. Hey, both teams were semi-efficient for them uh, in this game, but I don't know if IEPUI is better than last year. So their margin of victory right now, they're minus 30 margin averaging right now. That includes playing like the fifth worst team in the country, Chicago yes, State. They're minus 10 against the spread on cover margin average. I, that's terrible when you're getting those big of a spread. I, I, I just can't imagine backing this team the rest of the year. I did back them in game one. I regret it. Uh, but Jim, yes, that was a sickos committee game for the ages. Yeah, sickos, sickos special. It might not get better than that for the trash cool. man pick for the sickos <laughs> for the rest of the year. We're going to try, though. Uh, uh, we've got North Dakota at Elon this week. Matthew, we, we've talked about maybe this North Dakota team is just not very good. They They lack any real defensive prowess here. Elon just got uh, double-digit losses twice in Asheville, Neutral Florida, East Tennessee State, and Harvard. Are you are you going to go dumpster diving this one? Do you see any edge here? Maybe on Elon, the Phoenix, the flight of the Phoenix. Yeah, I'm looking to fade the Nodax. Um, the, their fan forms are hilarious. They can't fathom how bad they've been the last two seasons, and every year I think they're going to be good, but every year they're not. I, I'm going to go Elon. I'll take Elon here. No, I, I, I lean toward North Dakota. You're going to give me either of these teams as a favorite. I will take the dog uh, all day. North Dakota did actually have a win. I don't think ETSU or Harvard is that good, and they won easily against Elon. Elon's new coach, Billy Taylor, probably still figuring stuff out. So I'll go with a slightly more continuity team, and that's North North Dakota. Yeah, I'd have a little numerical edge to North Dakota here. Last year, Matt, we we tried to make excuses for them because of how injured they were. They they just got ravaged by the mash unit of of wounds, but. This year, it's it's a little bleaker, and Elon completely rebuilding. So I, I would lean towards North Dakota, but I'm going to stay out of the dumpster with my dollars this week. <laughs> Maybe I'll turn it on and and get real sick. Oh no, this should be this will probably be on Flow Sports because this is a a Colonial Athletic team, unfortunately. All right, let's move on to our, a quick section, our spotlight. We we try to hit a trend or an overarching theme from the season so far this year, and then we'll give you our bets recap what we've got so far in the show we're going with the best and worst against the spread league so far this this year guys uh we're, we're going to decide if we should take anything away if these leagues are undervalued or if they just have a couple teams that are playing well if it's too early to conclude but we're going to start with a couple of the best ats conferences and kai number one in the country is the big 10 
The only winless against the spread team is Nebraska. Everybody else has been really impressive as a big favorite. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the Big Ten? Is it undervalued as a whole? Yeah, apparently it is. Everyone assumed it would be down again. Uh, I think it's a, ten- a tendency to ignore the next man up theory, right? They lost all these stars. All these teams will be terrible. But Matt, there's Division One basketball players, yeah. four stars, five stars on these teams that are pretty good. And hey, there are some pretty good coaches in this league as well. So teams like Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, Ohio State, these teams are always going to be good. Uh, they're taking care of business early. So I'm not too shocked that the Big Ten is is playing the way it is. Yeah, I'll throw Penn State in that mix too. I d- there's State. no Tier 1 team in the Big Ten, but there's a lot more Tier 2 teams than you thought, however you draw that line. But think of like Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Purdue getting close to there, I think. Michigan State, pretty impressive against Gonzaga. Ohio State, Iowa, for goodness sakes, yes. We're hard nodding at that. Wisconsin's looked impressive. Yeah, Jim, it's just a good top-ish heavy league, not top-top heavy league. Yeah, so why why can't they win in the why can't they win in March Madness, Matt? No, we don't need it. We don't uh, need to litigate that here. I'm, I'm the sorry. scientists are still solving that one, Jim. Yeah, I, preseason it just there was no clear like super competent guards, but mm-hmm. there are enough solid players. As Kai mentioned, the guys on the on the rosters are talented. They're just not yet proven, right. um, and they have some of the best big men in the entire country. It is the year of the big, after all. A couple other leagues worth mentioning, Matt. You can. Uh, highlight any of these summit is 16 and eight the mac mid-american is 14 and seven america east 11 and six and the southland i want to mention here 14 and five northwestern state and newcomer texas a&m commerce are both three and oh against the number southland's been outstanding so far this year despite some of the you know, losses in teams that they've had in recent history with Stephen f austin and sam houston state leaving which one of these jumps out to you Summit surprises me. Um, it's a league I didn't think would be great. It's a league that I think struggles usually historically, anecdotally, in non-conference because they can't guard anybody. They're not big up front. But uh, I guess I've been proven wrong. The Jack Bunnies are carrying the freight, I think, with three of the four, the 16 covers oh, they've there. They've only but played yeah. two so far. They've only played they're, two. They're, they're two yeah, no, I, okay. I actually think Oral Roberts is 0-2 or 0-3 against the spread. 0-3, yeah. yep. Or maybe they cover against St. Mary's. Maybe they got that back door. Yeah, it depends the number you got. It was right yeah. around the closing number. Jim, I'm surprised about the Southland, man. This is Swack Miak last year all over again. Uh, and this goes to show you, too. Don't fade these new D1 teams, man. Commerce 3 0 against the spread. Northern Colorado was up by a billion. Matt and I are both in that game. They just blew it. Oh, I was too. Don't worry. All three of us were. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it, but again, uh, these teams are usually underrated. They're scrappier than you think. And they've been proving it this year with Commerce and others across the country. Yeah, the gap between Division Two and Division One is not as large as we'd like to think it is. Right, a lot of the guys playing in Division Two are more than capable. Like, it's yeah. not like the best Division Two player is not worse than the worst Division One player. Not even close. Correct. So, yeah, that's that's something to worth uh, worth noting as we move forward and more teams continue to get added to the D one fold. Let's flip the coin to the other side because I want to I want to make Matt defend his his countrymen here from the ACC. By far the worst power conference league against the numbers so far, the ACC. But Matt, in fairness, it is because the bottom is terrible. Florida yep. State, Louisville, really, really bad against the number. The bottom is bad. I, are there enough good wins to be had here for this league to make an impact in the postseason? And are we going to keep fading a lot of these bad teams? Yeah, Boston College to a lesser extent because I think they're well coached, but Louisville yeah, and Georgia Tech. Three, yeah, Boston College. <laughs> yeah, but Louisville, Georgia Tech are the two you just have to auto fade. 
right? I mean, Georgia Tech, I think they're lucky they haven't played a marquee game yet like Louisville has. I think it's going to come out that they're just as bad as Louisville, if not worse. Yeah, they they were lucky to win outright at Georgia State, but did not cover in a narrow cover. And that avoiding the outright loss is the key to staying out of headlines. Yes, and Louisville exactly. has not done that right. at all. Yep. Florida State has not done that at all. Uh, Kai, are you thinking let's let's just continue fading Florida State and BC until it hits the bottom? Yeah, it's profitable and Louisville too, and even Pitt as well. Even though Pitt covered against UT Martin, but these teams tend to be overvalued because they're the ACC. And I'm pretty sure going back the last couple of years, it just hasn't been profitable to back these teams. Even the teams at the top, North Carolina did not cover against Wilmington. Uh, didn't cover against are, Charleston either. Yep. Virginia didn't cover against NC Central. These teams are just a little bit overrated. Miami, Florida, you can really go down the list here. None of these teams have looked great against the number except Matt Stuckey's and maybe Virginia Tech as well. But it's been profitable to fade the ACC. I'll probably continue to do it. Yeah, last year they were a disaster against the spread in the non-conference. This feels a lot like last season when uh, the Pac-12 in the 2021 tournament had played so well, it elevated every team's rating, elevated their preseason ratings, and they were not good against the number early. Mm -hmm. ACC had a couple teams go on postseason runs, your Miamis, your North Carolinas. I think that elevated the expectations for this conference, even Notre Dame uh, won a game in the in the big dance. And unfortunately, it's it's come crashing down. The, the bottom is bad. The middle is not as strong as maybe we thought it was. All right, elsewhere, other ones just worth highlighting. Mountain West, 7-12 and 12 in the top four teams, or arguably four of the top five or six teams. Wyoming, San Diego State, Colorado State, UNLV, 0-8. Oh wow. Overvalued there. Horizon, 6-13. and 13, And Youngstown's 3-0. So they're the only team really pulling their weight for for the horizon. And the Ivy, 6-12. and 12, I think we usually perceive the Ivy as a tough prep and, yeah. a, and a really tough opponent in the non-con, but they have, they have struggled so far this year. Kai, any of these that you're going to really look to continue fading or you think maybe we get an upswing coming? Gosh, horizon maybe, and I just took Detroit. Um, but there's a lot of bad teams in that league. It's definitely centralized. I, I'm surprised about Youngstown. I, I definitely raise them, respect them now. The Ivy is the shocking one, Jim. And you can blame Columbia all you want, but the fact is Brown hasn't showed up. Uh, Dartmouth hasn't showed up. And Harvard has not really played well at all uh, besides that Elon win. So yeah, that that is concerning. That is surprising. Uh, let, let's hope Penn, for example, turns it around in the near future, though. Yeah, Horizon's terrible, Jim. Kempom has this uh, the lowest rated Horizon League, I think, in its existence. Uh, last year was a record, and this year it's outpacing last year's disgustingness. Um, it's just not a good league. Like nothing at the top excites you. There's flaws everywhere on, on these teams. You could maybe argue there's some value in fading this conference for the rest of the non-league part of the schedule, but I, I don't really like tethering myself to like macro angles. But certainly some issues in this conference. Yeah, we do perceive a couple of those teams, most notably Purdue Fort Wayne, as struggling to play up to talent uh, above them. We just saw Oakland get boat raced in their own gym by Oklahoma State. I think there is a little bit of an issue, especially if you, so if you find these horizon teams other than playing against Louisville, if you find them finding uh, or matched up against a power conference team, that's when I think you really want to look to fade the horizon because the talents just, it doesn't, it doesn't elevate against higher competition the way it should. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, before we close things out, let's recap the bets we made on this pod. The things we're, we're eyeing up for this week. Matt, I'm going to go to you first, hit us with your money lines, and then anything else you you bet during this pot. I got money line twofer with Missouri State and Delaware State. Um, looking at dogs to win out right there. And then Marquette minus a billion, um, and what should be a complete bloodbath. And then UNC Greensboro. I'm going against the Towson 
force and Juju that's been rolling with the uh, the Tigers. I'm going with the Spartans. Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones and co. I'm taking Air Force and Army uh, against the spread, but also sprinkling the money line with those guys. Gonzaga, if they open up as a dog against Texas. And Detroit Mercy, Antoine Davis, take me home against Ohio. There we Jim. go, the mid-major, one of the mid-major games of the week. I'm joining Matt on the Delaware State money line. I'm joining Kai on the Army money line. Uh, Greensboro, eh, I talked myself out of that on this pod, to be quite honest. <laughs> Baylor, we all love Baylor against Virginia. If you get even a halfway decent number, something under three would be dynamite. Even under five, I think, is probably worth looking at. And then similar to Matt's Marquette take, UAB minus a large number against shorthanded okay. Presbyterian. I just know it's UAB as a large favorite with a lot of talent, so I'm happy to back them. They already blew out Alabama State once this year. Uh, so, all right, that's it. That wraps up our first 2022-23 season episode of Big Bets on Campus. We'll be coming to you every single Wednesday. Shout out to BetMGM for sponsoring the episode We'll talk to you again next Wednesday morning.